There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to the brand new series slash season. We still haven't decided what we're calling it of Why Would You Tell Me That? This is five, Neil. Five. Oh, my God. It does. The fact that it's five. Does that warranty an, another abs impression from Dave Moore? <laughs> I don't know if I can do abs on, 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 on command. On command. Just Let's throw it, it in at some point. All right. I'll keep you guessing. Okay. And I'll just I'll surprise you at some point. Anyway, first of all, hi, how are you? Well, welcome back yourself. I am very, very well. Yeah, I'm looking forward to doing this season because we have a rake of brilliant people lined up. We and, do. And uh, I had a very good time when we were off air as well. Good, I'm glad to hear it. Um, we do have a rake of good people. People that will, like, honestly blow your mind. In fact, in part two of this episode, or the first episode of season five, we're going to meet the man who endures the most pain humans can stand for YouTube views. What? Okay, so how are we going to meet me? Given Why? that the most pain that a human can endure is doing yeah. his podcast <laughs> with you. He's just going to hold up a mirror in front of me for the next 40 minutes. So what does he do? He actively gets bitten and stung <laughs> By the world's most deadly creatures in order for people to go, I'll I'll click on that YouTube video. And let me tell you, Neil, the numbers, the success of this man's channel, 4 billion people have watched it. (laughs) 4 billion. So many questions. Do we have to tell Kahl, our engineer, to edit out the sound of his inevitable life support machine in the background? <laughs> Joining it's... us directly from the poisons unit of the Matter Hospital. Uh, his name is Mark Vins. He is the CEO of Brave Wilderness, which is a YouTube channel. And he is going to absolutely blow our minds in part two uh, with the stuff that he has done, the pain he's done. And he's even gone beyond science. There are creatures who have not yet been studied. And when he finds them, you know, in the Arizona desert, he goes, I know what I'll do with this giant wasp no one's ever documented before. Sting me and video it really closely and see what happens. He oh. is a madman. Oh, I want to dip into this dude's this yeah. this dude's mind. Wow, okay, <laughs> that, is a, that is a very good first guess. It, yeah, it's going to be a good first guess. And I think what makes sense to me in the first part of this episode is we take a look at the wonder that is YouTube. 
You know what I mean, bruv? <laughs> oh, that was Abzini. the Amazon. It's Abzini. You know what I mean? It's Abzini getting on was, YouTube. I thought that was Suggs from Madness there for a second. Nah, bruv. You with me, fam. It's YouTube, isn't it? He's lost his mind. <laughs> no, I want to talk about YouTube because Mark has made his living and his career on YouTube. It has allowed him... I suppose it's it's, it's a lot like... It just, it just leveled the playing field for people who want to create unbelievable content. Yeah. But they don't want to necessarily go down what we call traditional media routes of yeah. doing it for, you know, the, the networks or even now the streamers. You know, YouTube is its own thing, has its own, you know, ways of making money and its own ways of rewarding its creators and all that. So I want to ask you a couple of questions about YouTube and get your guesses at this. Okay. When you are assessing the value of an application, okay, mm-hmm. so be it a social network or some kind of a website, you tend to ask a question like, how many active monthly users do you have? Mm. And numbers like 10,000 active monthly users would get you some seed funding. You know, if you were open the hundreds of thousands of monthly active users, you know, you'd be in a situation where then you'd probably already be fairly rich. Have a guess, pick a number. How many monthly active users does YouTube have? So is that is an active user someone who looks up something on YouTube? Is this or or looks at YouTube for who whatever consumes reason? something on YouTube as opposed to just yeah I have an account but I haven't clicked the website you know in three months they every single month they are active. They're, okay well it has to be somewhere between zero and eight billion. You're not wrong. You've already narrowed it down quite okay. well. Okay, quite I've well. It down. Well, um, there's lots of parts of the world that one would assume doesn't have access to YouTube. So, mm-hmm. uh, a billion? If you multiply that by 2.6, no that way. would be correct. Currently, over a quarter of the world's population are active monthly YouTube users. That's incredible. No, honestly, it is so insane that almost 3 billion people a month are active on YouTube. And 90% of those active users, Neil, are on mobile. Oh. So desktop consumption of YouTube is down to less than 10%. Television YouTube is actually up. And I know with my TV, I have the YouTube app on the TV. And and myself, my kids, I would consume more YouTube than anything else on my television. And I'm a middle-aged man you can only imagine what my kids do like it is the number one used app on our television and then obviously on mobile devices is i think it's also the second biggest search engine after google very impressive that was one of the facts i was going to tell you neil yes very impressive it is youtube is the second largest search engine in the world um after google itself which of course bought youtube here here's the interesting thing ebay yeah. eBay bought PayPal. Yes. Three guys in PayPal got a lot of money when eBay bought PayPal. Yeah. So they went, let's do something else. Yeah, you know what we'll do? We'll set up a dating site. A okay. dating website was the plan. Uh, it was going to be called TuneIn Hookup. And the idea was that you would upload a video of yourself going, hey, I'm Neil. I'm single. I'm hot to trot. I like uh, going for walks. <laughs> And driving my convertible car down Griffith Avenue in Dublin. Um, so Just random avenues. <laughs> funnily okay. enough, this failed. Yeah. I don't know why, but it failed. So then they went, well, what will we do then? I know what we'll do. We'll just let anyone upload any video. 
And one of the three lads uploaded a video, an 18 second video of him at the zoo standing in front of some elephants that he just happened to have on an SD card on his digital camera. Yeah. Uploaded that, the very first YouTube video. That's there the it first is. one. The very first one is called Me at the Zoo. So within 18 months of that video going up, yeah. the three lads sold YouTube to Google for $1.65 billion in Google stock. Oh my God. God, I, that actually physically hurts me how much money those boys have made. That noise you can hear in the background is the county of Cavan exploding. <laughs> Hold on. So 18 months from nothing. And these are already multimillionaires. Already multimillionaires because they were part of, of PayPal that was bought by eBay. So they're already absolutely fine. Can you tell me how much the Google stock, what the stock price was at the time? No, I, I, I was actually looking for that information and I couldn't find what the 1.65 billion would now be worth. Oh and I God. don't know, because I also don't know. It, w- it would be impossible to say that the lads have held that much stock in the intervening yeah. time. Yeah. So we it would only be a... I think that's why Is it's there not somewhere there. you could look it up? Is there some no, sort of video I, I platform that yeah. you could look it up on? That would be... I will tell you now that YouTube, as part of Google, is now valued from the 1.65 billion that it cost in 2007. Mm. We are now 16 years in the future. It is now currently worth 183 billion. Jesus. It's now, it's 100x bigger than it was, more than 100x bigger than it was in 2007. Do you think the lads saw that because they went, I just think I can't get any bigger? Uh, uh, listen, you'd have to go, well, hang on. If Google just go, here lads, Google video failed. We need some video platform. People seem to like yours. Can we get it off you? I don't know. What kind of money are you talking billion Google stock. Yes. I mean, like, you're not even going to, like, you know, you hear the word one and you're like, yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. Okay, top five YouTube searches. Number five, ASMR. No way. Shh. I like the way you look. Do you like, do you like when my whisper? No. And, And do you like... Hang on, because ASMR is also about that you like when I drink water like this. No, I don't. I don't. <laughs> ASMR. Okay, so a- ASMR, ASMR is... number five. Okay. Number four, the word tick, space, and the word talk. And the reason I'm specific about this is because number two is, is the word TikTok. Right, okay. So TikTok searches are both two and four. Of, Neil, of all time. So number three is probably TikTok in County Wicklow, is it? <laughs> no, what amazes me about the TikTok thing is TikTok is so young. It's a couple of years old. But yeah. yet, in the history of YouTube searches, wow. TikTok is now two and four. Number three is an odd one, and you should be very excited by this. Very excited by this. Oh, hey, this could be a couple of things, but I'm going to say it's... Uh... The awfully under-20 victory over Russ Common from a couple of years ago? <laughs> Remarkably, no. The third, uh, is it stand-up comedy? Well, it is comedy. Oh. The word comedy is the third most searched thing on YouTube ever. So, number one must be news, is it? Nope. Is it um, Third Secret of Fatima? Nope. Is it How Did It Get the Figs and Fig Rolls? <laughs> Is no. it who let is it who let the dogs out? <laughs> the number one 
Most Why does it always rain on me? Searched for. Why do birds suddenly appear every time you're near? Any of these? None. Give me a clue. Give me a clue. It is a computer game. Uh, it's not Sims or something, is it? No. Nope. Grand Theft Auto. No. Nope. Oh, Minecraft. Yes. No way. It is literally the most searched thing ever on YouTube is Minecraft. And there's a couple of twins who live in Mead. I think they're the I think they're the Ryans. They're Ryan and Scott. Sorry, they're their first names. I don't okay. know them, but they put up videos of them yeah. playing Minecraft, building yeah. worlds, doing whatever. They are multi-millionaires. Two lads, young lads from Mead, and they're not the only ones. I mean, Jack Septic Eye is one of the biggest YouTubers. He's an Irish lad. He began yeah. putting up Minecraft and other videos. It is literally the number one most searched for thing in the history of YouTube. What that shows you, though, is that it is kids looking up stuff over and over and over and over again. And that is why TikTok and Minecraft are have beaten everything else that might have aggregated over the last uh, 20, nearly 20 years. 17 years, yeah, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, just in case you were wondering, you know, like, is there a lot of money in it? The quarter four 2022 revenue for YouTube was $7.9 billion in advertising. And that's just one quarter. Advertising revenue, one quarter of last year. $7.9 billion. YouTube Shorts is YouTube's yes. answer to TikTok. Well, actually, yes. it's probably its answer to TikTok. And Instagram Reels. And Instagram, really, Instagram Reels was Instagram's answer to, yeah. yeah. YouTube Shorts, 30 billion daily views god who owns youtube now i'm assuming it's a publicly traded company and everybody and yeah buy shares it's in YouTube. google yeah it's just you, or you, you buy shares in google right, so it's Al yeah. alphabet is the name of the company yeah and yeah you just buy buy away and if you've got the money knock yourself out um how much youtube would you say we as a civilization consume every day in in, in hours in hours okay so people watch well, if there's all those kids watching and there's two and a half billion users, mm. so do the, the, let's say five billion hours. Wow. No, you're way over. <laughs> Just think about it for a second what you said. Five so you think each of the 2.6 billion... Uh, no, no, I'm Sorry, for... no, 2.6 billion monthly users is oh, watching two hours a day is what you think. Yeah, yeah, no I, was, no, I was thinking that there's kids that would watch several hours of YouTube but just leave it on. No. Uh, and I thought, so so say a billion people would watch five hours of TV. <laughs> the average YouTube video is about eight minutes long. <laughs> That's a very good point. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, no, the answer is actually just over a billion hours of YouTube is consumed every day. A billion hours. Now, I know it's not the five you said, but it is actually an insane number. I've just figured out how to ruin any of your big statements. Yeah, just, just go, go big. Yeah. Wi willfully. <laughs> how much were they offered originally for it, the lads who set it up? $10 billion. <laughs> <laughs> Idiot Ruins Podcast. New YouTube video. <laughs> and a lot of people give out about the ads on YouTube, right? Mm. But the ads on YouTube, two things about them. One, they've been around forever 10 months after google bought youtube in 2007 they put ads on it this is not oh. a new thing people think yeah. it, oh, it's really annoying actually it's not that annoying in studies people have found that youtube ads are way preferable to standard 
linear TV ads because there's no control over the ads on a TV scenario. You can't. Yes. Okay, I know now in recorded programs you can fast or whatever, but in a general linear consumption of media, you cannot affect the ads. Whereas in YouTube, you can do a couple of things. One, you can skip the ad after a couple of seconds. You go, this yeah. doesn't apply to me. Yeah. Two, you can actually click the the eye, the information icon and go, I want to stop seeing this. So like a lot of people give out sometimes they go, I keep seeing this ad and maybe it upsets me or, you know, maybe I don't you know. Uh, something that could be like, you know, someone in my family is a problem gambler and it's affecting us and I keep seeing gambling ads. You can click on the eye and go, I want to stop seeing this ad and you can and it asks you why and you can say because it genuinely upsets me whatever and and it's always learning an algorithm based on you it's not perfect it's machine learning but it's getting better and better and people actually really appreciate that kind of um personalization of ads that it's not just a case of well look there's a three minute ad break and these guys bought the ads that's the end of it it is personalized you some people actually get freaked out when they talk about i don't know needing to buy a new guitar like me or uh, changing their tires. And then they go onto YouTube and the ad is for guitars or changing tires. Well, that's the algorithm working for you and going, well, actually, this is what you're looking for. So here's the right ads. So people do actually really like the ads by comparison. I suppose it's all relative. No one ever really likes ads, uh, but they are certainly better tailored and, and more appreciated than they are on traditional media. Um, just in case you were ever worried about running out of YouTube. Because sometimes you hear people say things like, I can never find anything to watch on that. Well, 44,000 hours of video are uploaded to YouTube every hour. 44,000 hours every hour? Yeah. And if YouTube stopped right now, Neil, and said, yeah. right, that's it, no more videos being uploaded, and yes. you said, I'm going to start now at the beginning, and I'm going to watch every video that has ever been all of YouTube. Yeah, all of YouTube. It would take you... No, actually, ruin it for me. Have a guess, Neil. How many years would it take you to, to watch all of YouTube? 100 billion years. <laughs> no, you clown. You've ruined, you've ruined it for me. What it would take, and this is ridiculous, almost as ridiculous as your guess, is it would take 17,810 years to watch every video on YouTube. Stopping now. <laughs> okay, right now. What about now? Yeah, now, now is an extra 44,000 videos, remember? Okay, there's another 59 minutes from now. It's yeah, under 44,000. 44,000 hours, yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't it, figure that out. It's just maths, Neil. Uh, uh, trust me. There's, 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 there's people who can do it. I didn't say how did they figure it out. I know how they figured it out. You can't just You said, how did they figure that out? That's literally what you said. No, but I mean, there has to be some, some like, <laughs> there has to be some database somewhere that just has everything in it, like a little spreadsheet, and it goes up. But you can't, you can't say it's just numbers no. to anything that I ever ask you that's about maths. Oh, literally, there's somebody who knows how many hours of YouTube content there is, and they can divide that into years, Neil. It's I very straightforward. Love, I would just love the idea of countdown. You know, when they do the numbers, yeah. you have to get 344 from six random numbers, and they turn to the contestant, and uh, Colin Murray goes, How did you get that? And he goes, It's just maths, Colin. <laughs> It's just maths. I mean, there's somebody, there's somebody I, somewhere that knows how to do it. I think so, that would actually be an amazing be answer. Yeah, I think that's an amazing answer. Why can't that person be me? Hmm? <laughs> Who are you to judge me? Huh? <laughs> What's the weirdest thing you've seen on YouTube? Oh my God, that's an amazing question. What is the, the weirdest thing I've seen on YouTube? I don't know if it's the weirdest thing. 
Oh my God, I'm not going to remember the name of it now. There was a video, and we are going back, I'd say 07. Oh, okay. so early, early days. Yep. And it was two Asian girls. <laughs> okay. No, oh, I've, no, I think I've seen this. No, no, I've no, definitely no. seen this. No, I don't think we can stop, figure. Stop. Thank you. Anyway, listen, we'll go up to part two of why no, would you no. tell me that? It's entirely innocent. There's two Asian girls who went into a karaoke booth. And got a cup. No. no? Stop. No, nothing. Okay. It's very so innocent. Good. They went into a karaoke booth. Yeah. And they sang a song called Money, Money. Oh, my God. I'm going to have to try and find it now while we're talking. Okay. Uh, it's called Money, Money. And basically, one of them was singing it really seriously. First oh, my God. I found it. it. I, I found it. It's, it's, two, it's two Korean girls. I think it's the funniest thing I've ever seen. So I'm going to stop playing it now because I'm going to start laughing too much. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. But it's basically two schoolgirls going into this karaoke booth, singing Money Money, and the whole thing is a video screen. It's going absolutely wild. And the, one of the girls starts doing a dance to the other one, and the two of them just start dying laughing. It's honestly one of the funniest three minutes of anything I've ever seen. And wow. now that I, well, as soon as this podcast is over, I'm going to watch I'm it looking. again. I saw one where it went viral and um, we had to cover because we were doing a panel show at the time and there was a woman in a punk band and she had to go to the loo. Mm. And because it was a punk band, she just pointed at the front row and went, I'm going to go, I'm going to pee. Oh. I need to pee. And I, I'm going to do it on you. And the guy in the front row went, all right. <laughs> so he lay on the ground and uh, uh, she... Are you sure this is on YouTube, Neil? Yeah, no, this is this is yeah, yeah. This this went viral, and um, there's a couple of things that jumped out at me. Um, first was <laughs> the amount, Dave. The oh. amount. Um, <laughs> what? I'd say your man was immune from all future jellyfish things. <laughs> while we're talking about stings in the second half, and the second thing, I mean, she got, she was, she still sang. She got through two verses in a chorus. Wow. Was, and and the second thing was. The, the sheer force that she was able to create. Like, she could get moss off a patio. <laughs> was her second name Karcher? <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if you saw her at the Bloom Festival now. <laughs> Demonstrating stuff next That just June. goes to show the difference between you and me. My weirdest thing I've ever seen on YouTube is an innocent video of two yeah. girls singing yeah. a funny karaoke song and you yes. are bringing it down to the level of toilet humour, literally. Um, Mr. Beast, who is the most subscribed to YouTube individual. Yes. I believe 275 million subscribers at the time of recording. Wow. He used to do things, because he started from... Point like very bad webcam pointing at him in his bedroom, and at one point he counted, I think, to a hundred thousand. It could have been a million. He just sat there and went one, two, three, four, and didn't go to sleep and counted all the way through. And people, it was a live video, and people went in and went out, went in and went out, and whatever, and watched him do nothing but count. That's an American thing. Yeah, I guarantee. Because if that, if you tried to do that anywhere in this country, your brother would run in and go four, nine, twelve, <laughs> forty-two, pi, the golden ratio, and he does. <laughs> oh my god, it's so weird. We're about to do an episode of a podcast about a man who gets bitten and stung for a living. 
and the biggest mosquito I've ever seen has just flown past my head. I thought you were going to say, Luis Suarez has walked into my bedroom. <laughs> no, honestly, this thing is a tiger mosquito. Why is there a tiger mosquito in my bedroom? How do you know it's a tiger mosquito? Because I know what they look like. They're shaped like a T and they literally have tiger marks. You just landed beside my head and it flew off. In Port Marnock in yes, October. I know. I don't understand it either. Anyway, maybe I can ask our next guest because in part two, we're going to talk to Mark Vins, Emmy award-winning filmmaker, CEO of the Brave Wilderness YouTube channel, and an absolute madman who gets stung and bitten by the world's deadliest creatures and over four billion people have watched it happen on YouTube. Can't wait. Yeah, we're going to explore everything Mark has to offer in a couple of minutes. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Welcome back to Why Would You Tell Me That? And we're joined now by Emmy Award-winning filmmaker, CEO of the Brave Wilderness YouTube channel, and if I'm honest, a complete madman who actively tries to get bitten and stung by the world's most deadly creatures. Oh, and four billion views on the YouTube channel. Yeah. One of the men who endures the worst pain humans can stand so that we don't have to. It's Mark Vins. Mark, hello. Hi. How's it going, Neil? Dave, great to be with you. Great to have you here. Um, look, I told Neil that we would meet uh, one of these crazy people, uh, yourself and Cody Peterson, of course, uh, the people behind Brave Wilderness, a channel that everybody has seen at least one video of, that's for sure. Let's go back to the beginning before we get to the, the worst pain that humans and that you have felt. But let's let's get to the beginning of your story, because it's, it's incredible that you can grow something so organically, specifically wildlife content, to reach a 20 million plus subscriber platform, 4 billion views, the success we're talking about today. What was the journey like? Oh my gosh. It's well, 
it's funny timing. We're three days away from being nine years uh, on the YouTube platform. So oh. yeah, coming up on our nine year anniversary, but we had been making wildlife content well before we started a YouTube channel. I would probably say at least four or five years before we launched in 2014. So we're talking like 09 is yeah. when we were picking up our cameras for the first time and uh, getting out there in the field. But it has been, gosh, probably the most miraculous occurrence I could ever have conceived uh, my life uh, taking. <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> It's been something that uh, truly was born out of passion for exploration and wanting to go places we had never been before, wanting to see animals we had only read about in encyclopedias. And that journey has just taken us all over the world. Uh, and, and I, you know, from the humble beginnings of chasing around snapping turtles in local parks in Columbus, Ohio, to now having traveled every continent besides Antarctica, it has been a whirlwind roller coaster, but it's been the most exciting time too. I can only imagine, and presumably two filmmakers from, as you said, Columbus, Ohio, you know, it's it's not world renowned for its producing wildlife um, filmmakers. I mean, you don't just walk into Discovery or National Geographic or YouTube for that matter, get loads of funding, and then, you know, away you go, go on your journey to 20 million subscribers. I mean, this had to start humble, right? Oh, yeah. I, well, you know, first of all, Columbus, Ohio, while it is known for for some things, very famous football team from there. American football team. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and we're uh, very proud of of our home and our, and our roots, but it's not really a place that you think of when you think of entertainment and, mm. or filmmaking in general. Needless to say, I think a lot of people thought we were pretty crazy <laughs> when we were starting this <laughs> whole journey. But, but you know, we, we had taken a really pragmatic approach back in those days, like 09, 2010. We were creating what we thought what we thought would be the next generation's Steve Irwin, the next, you know, okay. wildlife hosted series that we were going to sell uh, to a to television traditional network. traditional networks and all that kind of stuff. Correct. Yeah. Right. So we were out there making sizzle reels or demo content to try to pitch to different networks. And really it was an effort to get our foot in the door. At the time, Coyote and I, whose whose real name is Nate, but Nate and I uh, were... How disappointing. I mean, I thought I know, he, was, he I know. was Chris and Coyote because he was destined to be out in the wild getting bitten and stung. But no, his name was just Nate. Or, or he he ran off a cliff and it was a good couple of seconds before he realized that he was going to fall. <laughs> and he, he jogged in place. And his mother went, we shall call him Coyote. How ironic is that, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that actually happened. Uh, we have it on camera. But, um, <laughs> you know, we're really looking to break into the entertainment industry. Both Nate and I had met each other at Ohio State, and we were really trying to make a, a run at the independent film marketplace. And we were writing screenplays. We were producing television series or concepts for them, rather. And this was just one of them. And it kept coming back around uh, where the networks were telling us, it's pretty good, but try it like this instead. And okay. every year, it seems like we were traveling around trying to come up with a new spin on this adventure program that we were calling Brave Wilderness. We were calling it that from almost the very beginning. It was called The Reptile Show for a couple of years, but we we had turned it into Brave Wilderness because we wanted to encompass all of the world of wildlife. Were you immediately extreme? I, I use that word in the sense of, you know, you, you don't just go out like Attenborough, for example. I'm sure he's a he's a dream collaboration at some point. But Attenborough famously does not go out, you know, find the world's most poisonous or most deadly or most venomous something and go, Let's see what it feels like when that bites me. Like, were you guys straight into that level? Of... Well, he's 96 now, Dave. I mean, 
<laughs> you didn't even do it when he was 26, Neil. This is the yeah. point. Um, were, were you guys straight into that level? Was that what attracted the, the you know, discovery? And what is that what got you traction on YouTube? Or was it just that your content was great despite that? So that whole discovery of like the, the experiment with bites and stings, that was very organic. That was, there was no intent of doing this when we started the Brave Wilderness YouTube channel. But at the time, we were trying to find our footing. You know, we're like, okay, people are watching us here. They're engaging. We're getting to like, you know, chat with the fans in the comment section. And we, we just, we could feel the momentum building. But we're like, how do we like break through into a viral moment with what we're doing? And uh, at the time, it was like how-to videos were all the rage and sure. unboxing. So we're like, what's like a how-to video that you can make? Uh, with finding an animal in the wild. And at the time we were thinking about this, we were in Montana and we had the opportunity to work with a small porcupine. And I was like, oh, I got it. Like, you know, people's pets are always getting quilled by porcupines. So what if like we get quilled or at the time coyote gets quilled by porcupine, <laughs> how to remove the spines. That's got to be a great how-to video, right? Yeah. And yeah. of course, coyote, uh, God bless him. He went along with this and uh, we... <laughs> We made this video and in fact, we weren't even going to release it because we weren't really happy with like the lighting, of course, being filmmakers, yeah. like, you know, we're hyper, hyper sensitive to like the fit and finish of the video. And we're like, it's not really that great, but like, let's, let's try it, see if this idea works. And I mean, that thing went boom, like well over the views we expected okay. compared to the rest of the content. And that's what started us really on this road of like this, the trial and error of like wilderness mishaps, like bites. Right. Mark, is there a chance that Coyote's um, sexual fetish is masochism? And you stumbled upon this <laughs> and you said to him, let's let's see if a porcupine quills you what it feels like. And Coyote's like, oh, yeah. Oh, let's, let's try that. I, I, oh, I've, never I've never felt that before. I've never thought of I've never thought of that. And you just had to. <laughs> you actually had to cut around the fact that Coyote's really into this. Everything is shot from the waist up. Oh gosh. Uh no. Um I, I suppose that would mean that I'm really into it as well yeah. because now I'm doing this stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I will say, like, and of course this is not something that we uh broadcast in the content, but like there's a lot of hemming and hawing going on mm, right. about whether or not we should do some of these things. And you know, before you're stung by something for the first time, there is a concern. There's a real like, am I gonna like have a bad reaction? Is this pushing it too far? We're, we're always like treading this line of like, what's a responsible risk versus like, that's just stupidity. So, you know, you, you never really know, I suppose, until you actually go through with it, <laughs> which side of the line you're on. But we do go into a lot of these bite and stings with, with thought and care and not only for ourselves, but like, we don't want to misrepresent the wildlife. Yeah. Because uh, our goal is to not make people more afraid of nature our goal is to actually like diminish the fear by going mm. through these experiences we want people to see that yeah sting can be bad in a moment but it's not really that bad not to say everyone should go out and just willy-nilly get stung by or bitten by things but you don't really need to be afraid of things like tarantulas and scorpions yeah and, you know stinging ants to the to the level that the fear exists out there well, okay. let's talk about, though, the journey you you guys did go on with the Schmidt Pain Index, which is this uh, wonderful index of insect-related pain levels. Uh, obviously, an index indicates that it does go from kind of not so bad to extremely, extremely, extremely bad. Not only did you go through the Schmidt Pain Index on the channel, you surpassed it. Now, at what point did that become a plan? Oh, man. Well, first of all, starting with the Schmidt Sting Index, 
uh, our audience had turned us on to this book called okay. Sting of the Wild by Justin Schmidt, uh, who um, recently passed away, um, great loss to the entomology world, but he, he left us with this amazing pursuit of these insect stings and like trying to quantify the the pain threshold for a human being to endure all of these different stings from like ants to wasps to bees to everything that's out there that can sting you. And we read this book and we were just so taken by it. We're like, man, what if we made like a video essay of trying to go through some of these? And that's really how it started. And those initial videos did really well. In fact, uh, the cow killer video, I believe, is still our most watched video of all time, uh, around 80, 80 million views. And, you know, we didn't expect it to go that viral. I mean, that was like an insane day. Like we're watching our sub count and it's like going bananas. Like we're talking like in the hundreds place subscribers was like ding, 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 ding. No. We got, I think, over 300,000 subs in a single day. It was unbelievable. Oh my God. We should explain what the, what the cow killer is to anyone who hasn't seen the video, although 80 million people have. I've watched it a few times, maybe 79 million and a few. <laughs> but, um, but, but, but tell everyone what a cow killer is. A cow killer is a common name for a wingless wasp called a velvet ant. It's very confusing. They're called ants, but they're not ants. They're actually a wingless wasp where the female of the species has no wings and they scurry around the ground and they come in all different um, colorations and patterning. But their their common trait is that they're all really furry and fuzzy and they're called velvet ants for that reason. But they also have the longest stinger to body size ratio of all insects. So we're talking an ant about this big with a stinger almost the same size. When you guys hold the velvet ant, and it's so, Neil. It is so gorgeous looking. The red, it's got red on its on the back. It's absolutely beautiful. And you hold it in a little pair of pincers, very gently. I love how you guys do this. But then, you know, when you hold it in a certain way, that the, the ant or the we call it an ant, but the wasp is is, you know, aware that hang on, everything is not right. So it kind of pushes out its stinger, and it literally, as Mark is describing, it is bigger than the animal itself, and then goes back in, and then the guys go. Let's see what that feels like. <laughs> they, just, oh, they just hold it on their arms and go, yeah, let's give it a go. I mean, it's just bonkers. It's a three out of four on the on the Schmidt scale. So it's a, it's a serious thing. In fact, a uh, little, uh, I guess, uh, foreshadowing. I actually just got stung by a cow killer for the first time. I can't see the smell anymore, but I just got back from Arizona where I went through this yeah, thing. And I can, I can like, verify that it's bad. He's already done it. Why would you do it again, Mark? This is what I, you know. You it wasn't intentional time. this time, though, was it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's always intentional. No, no. I know the first time was intentional, but you just got done again. So but was yours intentional as well? Right. So I had gone down this road of doing marine stings, and then people wanted to know how, like, jellyfish stings and stonefish stings were compared to these insect stings Coyote has done. And I'm like, well, if I'm going to go do this, I'm going to I'm going to make video content out of it. So, uh, yeah, I've started my own pursuit of the sting index. And I've so far I've done um, the bullet ant, just did the cow killer. Haven't done the murder hornet or the tarantula hawk yeah, yet. So let, those let, are let's forthcoming. Talk about this. Because <laughs> I mean, the names are terrible. No, it, it gets better, like like murder hornet, tarantula wasp. And then like so the bullet ant for years, I was of the understanding the bullet ants pain was the limit of what humans could take, that it was the, basically the most painful thing that could happen in the natural world was to be stung repeatedly by bullet ants. However, you guys discovered that the, listen to this, Neil, the executioner wasp, <laughs> who, by the way, Nads. is easily the most science fiction looking animal I have ever seen. He's yellow, he's large, 
he, every bit of him is segmented. Like n- oh. none of it looks like there's no furry bits. There's no everything is just exoskeleton, and he's so vicious looking. And then Cloudy went and and got stung. And and you guys reckon that is the most pain that you guys have felt so far. Am I right about that? Coyote, yeah. He, he he claims that it is his most painful sting, but not his most painful, like, video. Uh, the, right. The, the giant centipede bite is his most painful. But um, the, here, so here's the thing. Justin Schmidt, I believe, was stung by, like, something around 80 different insects, right? Right. There are way more insects out there to Ooh. to put on this scale. So <laughs> maybe try, that's yeah. where, maybe that's where this all goes for us is to carry that legacy to go out through the world and test other stings. I just got stung, for example, by the panda ant of Chile, yes. which was a viral sensation as, as an image. We found one in Chile. I took a sting. Wasn't that remarkable, but it is good to to know what is that velvet ant sting mm. like compared to, I can tell you the cow killer is way worse. So yeah, like it, there is a lot of things out there still to be defined, still to be discovered, especially in the worlds of stings and bites. I mean, Justin Schmidt was a true pioneer. I mean, he was the first person to go and like chronologically catalog this stuff. Yeah. A- apart from the fact that you're both clearly insane, um, and <laughs> uh, like like anything that's called an executioner wasp or a cow killer or a an assassin badger or a, or a <laughs> hangman monkey or whatever should be avoided at all costs. But I would love to know: Have you ever gotten your pain threshold? just generally measured like you know or i know it's quite subjective but like you know say you saying do you do you put your hands in open fire and go what's everybody complaining about or, you know? <laughs> no no but like you can do tens machines and all the rest do you do you have any idea if you have a normal pain threshold or has this process indeed has it changed your pain threshold i mean everyone has a different pain threshold for sure uh, i i've been stung by a lot of things like not intentionally right like so yeah. You're a camera operator in the wild. You're behind lights a lot of times, and that's like a magnet to stinging okay. things. So I've I've been stung in the face by things I don't even know what I got stung by, but it, like eyes swollen, you know, spider bites that are getting getting necrotic. Like there, all kinds of things happen to you in this field. So you kind of get used to a certain level of discomfort, if you will. Um, I generally take about a week to heal up after these trips from all the bites and stings and scrapes and things that we endure. So. I do think probably I have more of a tolerance than most people have for these things. Mm. Uh, But that being said, uh, there is a difference of opinion. I mean, Coyote and I have certainly have differences of opinion or different reactions to different things. So it is a very individual experience to go through some of this stuff. And have you any lasting or permanent damage? I mean, there's like you guys like are constantly stung in, in similar places. For example, Coyote takes a lot of stings and bites to the forearm. You know, have you guys seen a, a pattern develop where you, you've got damage to certain parts of your body because of what you guys do? Uh, yeah, I mean, well, I, I use my forearm also. We, we developed the this is sort of our palette because it was the, number one the easiest to film, and number two, uh, it just kind of showed the reaction the best. Like yeah. you know, welts and stings, you can really see it on the forearm. You don't have a lot of other things to work around, like hair and other stuff. So that's why we chose that spot, but. Uh, I mean, yeah, like I have like these like little bumps that are, you probably can't see them on the camera. Maybe. Oh yeah. You know, you kind of can. No, yeah. can yeah. I, anytime I'm I, like my uh, blood pressure goes up, like from like running or whatever, uh, these little bumps just sort of appear and I don't know why. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, 
you know, there, there, there is some damage that occurs that probably, but probably the worst damage that I, at least I've experienced in terms of long-term effect was when I got stung by a stonefish. Okay. Cause I really want to talk about this. This is one of the most incredible videos. In fact, it was this video that inspired me to get in touch with you and ask you really, because it was, yeah, it was the stonefish video. Cause I've listened, I've been a fan for years. I'm a subscriber. I've seen Coyote do loads of, I've seen you just, when I saw the stonefish video, I was like, I wonder would Mark come on the podcast? So can we just talk about everything to do with the stonefish before we, sorry for interrupting your story there, but before we get to that, let, so let's explain what a stonefish is, where you went to experience this and what it looked like, those iridescent blue spikes. Let's talk about the whole thing. In the world of venomous fish, the stonefish is the king. Okay, the, there's there is no more venomous fish in the world than the stonefish. Yep. Um, and I had been stung uh, prior to this year by a lionfish, which is like a fish a lot of scuba divers are stung by. Um, they're invasive to, to the Caribbean and Florida. I'm sure you've, you've probably heard of them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I had been stung by a scorpion fish, which is sort of the America's version of the stonefish, but not nearly as toxic. Right. The stonefish um, that lives in like uh, the Pan-Asian countries and around uh, the Indo-Pacific area, it's so toxic that it hosp hospitalizes people. People have, have died from shock of being stung by this fish. So um, I went into this sting experiment with a lot of trepidation. Um, this is definitely one of those moments where I'm like, is this too far? Should I, should I, should I not do this? But because I had tolerated the other stings so easily and because I, I knew the right first aid tactics for the sting, I, I went, I went for it. And I, I had, you know, friends in Australia that have attested to what the sting was like, and they've known people who have gone through it. So I went into this with some research, but, uh, when I went to go get stung, I knew if like, hey, if I take like a full venom load from this fish, I'm definitely going to have to get hospitalized. Like I don't, that's not the point of this video. The point of this video is to experience some of the venom so I can at least explain the symptoms and, and the feeling, the feeling of it. And then of course the antidote, because all of these fish venoms are what's called thermal liable. So if you like get them hot enough, uh, it denatures the venom and they become pretty much useless. So, you know, it becomes like nothing. And uh, anyway, I, I decided I was going to microdose this, this fish. <laughs> <laughs> the microdose, the most venomous yeah. fish in the world. So I wanted to show how they inject venom, of course, with like I took a piece of neoprene from like a dive suit that I had and I pushed through the spines. And what's what really surprised me that, that you just mentioned, Dave, is that they have like these like bright blue spines. It almost looks like blue Gatorade. There's a lot of comments yeah. about this. For a fish that is camouflaged to look like an algae-covered rock, I mean, it's like green and brown. Not not the prettiest animal, let's be honest. No, no, they're pretty ugly. They're so ugly, they're cool. They're one of those animals. Yes, very much so, yeah, yeah. So I, I, I wanted to show, because only the dorsal spines on the top have the venom sacs, and when you press down on them, it actually squeezes the venom sacs, and they can actually project the venom. So I, I showed everyone this, thinking like, okay, this is cool, because people will get to see how it works, and then... I won't take a full dose and it's all great. Anyhow, I do get, take the microdose of the venom and uh, it felt instantly painful, way worse than that of like the scorpion or the lionfish. I would say you, at least times five. In, in the bottom of your hand, right? Yeah, right here, yeah. like right in the palm, just because I could control it there. And it was surprisingly hard to do. I thought it was going to be like so sharp that it would just be like, eh. Right. But I actually had to put some pressure on it. Like it took a little bit to, to get the spine in my skin. Uh, but once once the venom started to take effect, 
it, I, I had a, a tingly uh, sensation in my left shoulder, which of course is like also related to a heart attack. Yep. So I'm like starting to panic and I'm like, this is bad. Hopefully this doesn't get any worse. I start to treat it with heat. Uh, so the, the, the pain went away rather quickly, but I had some nerve damage for sure because uh, the tingling lasted for a couple of days. I lost sensation in these three fingers, the tips of them for about three months. Three months on a microdose. Yeah. It's a very serious thing. I, I wouldn't do it again. Right. Is there any chance you actually just had a heart attack while you were doing this thing? <laughs> there is a chance. I was not seen by a physician. So, yes, there's always a chance. <laughs> Imagine if that complete, like, <laughs> the stonefish is actually relatively harmless. And it's such an unusual coincidence. That's that's amazing. I used to um, I used to play guitar before my videography days. And... Uh, you know, I don't know if you, either you play uh, a guitar, uh, but like I you... play and I'm a massive collector, Mark. I, I have more than 80. So you're talking to the right guy. OK, here. Yeah. so, you know, you, you probably have lost some sensation in your fingers from playing. Yep. Yep. Similar feeling like but okay. ex except that it went down below not, the not, first Not just level. the calluses yeah. on the top. You're going yeah. right down the finger. Right. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Wow. Definitely some nerve damage. For sure. You know, people get stung by these things a lot because there's like this human interface of mm. like, wild environments and these public places, especially in a place like Australia. So it's not uncommon for people to step on stonefish, get bit by blue ring octopus. It's, I would say it's rare. It doesn't happen every day, but like you need to know what to do. The biggest takeaway is if you're bitten or stung by anything, find the nearest emergency hospital. Like that's, that's what you've got to do. When we're somewhere where that's not doable, we have a uh, satellite phone with emergency evac and we, we pay for all those evac insurances to go get rescued. Knock on wood. Have not had to use it. Great. But yeah, that there's always a concern. And can, can you 100% prove that the coyote that you're currently working with is the original one? And, it, <laughs> and it's not like Saddam Hussein body doubles. Like there's like the Baldwins. Like there's just another one who looks roughly the same as the last one. He died years ago from some bizarre snapping turtle injury. You know, I could tell you it's still Nate Coyote is still the same guy that I met back at Ohio State that's making videos today. Uh, people think that he died a lot, though. It's really weird what happens no on, on YouTube. Yeah, like anytime I release a video um, on our channel, th there's like this weird rumor mill that erupts about like what happened to Coyote. Did, did he die? And then people start chiming in like, oh, yeah, I heard he died. Like, no, he, did, he definitely <laughs> he just, is alive and well. He just, and he, he just, just released a video last <laughs> week, but you didn't see it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. One of the key things I think about Brave Wilderness, certainly for me as a viewer, has been raising my awareness of the the wildlife that exists, but also the conservation necessary to make sure that this wildlife persists and that, that we don't end up in a situation where there are no giant centipedes or there are no, you know, terrifyingly named executioner wasps or whatever. Yeah. But how important is that to you guys? And, and has it always been, uh, if it is a focus, has it always been or has it, has it grown along with the popularity of the channel? It's, I would say it's it's evolved. We started this channel purely out of the self-interest of wanting to go on explorations, of wanting to see the wildlife. Like mm. we're we're wildlife enthusiasts at the end of the day. Like we want to photograph new animals. We want to see new animals, explore new environments. That's why we started this. But as we've grown to now being you know a brand that has a worldwide audience, the obligation to tell our audience or inform them about what's happening out there. And of course, with the degradation of the climate and wild environments and the, the loss of species, it, it's been unavoidable. Like mm. we, we see it everywhere we go. We're experiencing climate shift 
uh, and change almost every production we do these days. Like, nor like I was just in Arizona. They didn't get rain this year. Like wow. the monsoon season is normally why I go there mm. because that's what brings out the wildlife and it just didn't happen. And, and, and that's not the first time we've experienced that occurrence yeah. in recent years. So I've become what I would describe as an unintentional activist. Uh, right. I'm somebody who found a passion and found a way to make a living pursuing that passion, but now have an obligation to inform people what I, about what I'm witnessing. Not as somebody who was, who was out there looking for it, but who's someone who's experiencing it vicariously. Well, it's a great platform and a great way to use your platform because, look, you know, this, this could just be entertainment. And there's nothing wrong with that. There are plenty of YouTube channels that are literally just entertainment. But then I do see so many of the most popular YouTubers understanding the, the power that they have. Mr. Beast is another example. I know you, you've talked with him before and probably worked with him before, but, you know, somebody then who, who gets involved in Save the Ocean, Save the Trees. You're, aren't you involved with Leonardo DiCaprio's charity, Rewild.org? Isn't that something that you're involved yeah, in? Yeah, I'm an ambassador for Rewild, yes. See, look, that's, that, that's such a great thing that for a generation of kids coming up, and, and a gener I don't know what the demogra exact demographic of your audience is, but I would imagine like most YouTube watchers, it skews younger or whatever. But you you guys are using that platform then to to show them, A, the entertaining video that they love and they want to watch the next one and, and see you and Coyote go through these things. But also then the message, whether it's explicit or not, is there that, look, if we don't look after things, there aren't going to be executioner wasps. And, you know, the world needs them as terrifyingly named as they are. They provide, you know, one of the services that lots of these animals do in, in the ecosystem. Yeah, I mean, the fabric of the world's ecosystem is certainly at risk. And uh, the species, the extinction level of its species is accelerating. It's, it's getting worse. It's going to take more human engagement to slow it down. And before we figure out climate change, we have to start with conservation because climate change is going to be a long-term problem to fix. It's not yeah. something we're going to fix tomorrow. Uh, it's going to take all of us to join in that effort to, to fix that and ultimately reverse that process. But in the meantime, we're losing all these species and we're not going to get them back just because we fixed the climate problem. Sure. So in, in our minds, it all starts with conservation and protecting the environment um, starts with loving the environment. And that's what that's what we feel we provide to our audience, like a, a passion vehicle for, to, for understanding our world and also falling in love with little ants and insects that, you know, maybe give you a sting, but are, are pretty cool at the end of the day. Have, have you ever been bitten by Mr. Beast? <laughs> That'd be a great video. That would be. If Jimmy's into it, maybe we'll, we'll have to explore that idea. I, I believe he's one of the most venomous uh, humans. <laughs> I have one question that occurred to me. Who insures you? <laughs> Who's your insurance company? Did they just go, you're going to do what? No. I, I don't want to tip off who our insurance company is, but we do have great insurance. We're very happy with it. Okay. And, uh, you know, knock on wood, we have not had any major claims over there. That's the key. So like that, when it comes down to yes. insurance, it's, it's not about getting the insurance it's claiming the insurance that gets okay. you canceled with you. so with you. just don't have the accidents it's all okay. good <laughs> well look if i can recommend everybody uh although four billion people already have go and check out brave wilderness uh mark and uh, coyote just doing phenomenal work and the offshoots from that of course their own stuff as well mark thank you so much for talking to us today it is fascinating to explore your mind and also the damage you've done to yourself and the stings and bites over the years but thank you so much Thanks, Mark. Thank you, Dave. Thank you, Neil. It's been an awesome time.
Welcome back to part three of Why Would You Tell Me That? Well, Neil, Mark Vins, the CEO of the Brave Wilderness YouTube channel. I mean, what a fascinating guy. Oh, brilliant stuff. Uh, and I can see why they do it in terms of trying to get the word out about, about the environment and certain species. Great guest. Well done, Dave Moore. Thank you. He is brilliant. And I honestly recommend everybody go and watch Brave Wilderness videos. They are eminently entertaining. And then you're contributing to the expansion of YouTube and the consumption and all the things we talked about in part one. Go and do it. You won't be disappointed. What have you got for me, though, next week? Oh, well, we're sticking with an American and we're sticking yeah. with somebody who has great influence on the Internet. We're going to talk to a man who will show you just how easy it is to be found on the Internet. Oh, interesting. Have you ever heard of Jose Monkey? Jose Monkey, the TikTok guy. Jose Monkey. Find me, Jose Monkey. Oh, Where make this no, video? you haven't got him. He's on next week. Yes, Neil Delamere. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project... There's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 